Awesome. Thank you so much to our fantastic band and our readers. Good evening, everybody. If I've not had a chance to meet you before, my name is Kate, as Tom introduced me. I'm new to the team here. We, my family and I just moved in the summer, so do come and say hello to me if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet. But it's fantastic to get to take a moment just to talk with you tonight as we are very much in the countdown now to the big reveal. The day is coming, the schools are about to break up, it's not long before we will be opening gifts on Christmas morning, possibly with some mixed results. I don't know how you found it as a gift buyer, a gift receiver. Sometimes the response maybe isn't exactly what you'd envisaged. I have two children, uh, my daughter who's 18, my son who's 11. When my daughter was much littler, she was about three she was opening a present and the gathered adults were around her, attention focused on this angelic small child, tearing the wrapping off her present. And she took it all off and she revealed what was inside. And it was a child's cutlery set. <laughs> and there was a moment of, of quiet. And then as in the voice that children they only ever use in those moments when they're saying something you hope no one else will hear. She said, but this isn't a present. <laughs> it was awkward. Sometimes what we receive isn't everything we expected or hoped for. And Christmas too, it's a funny time of year, isn't it? So much pressure perhaps particularly these days, to pull off this insta-perfect atmosphere. Your table should look beautiful. Your children should be angelic. You should be calm, but also organized, pulling off every element of the perfect Christmas. It doesn't always play out how we hoped, does it? Like I remember the year, quite a few years back, we were over at my old mum's for Christmas that year and it had actually snowed, which was beautiful. And she decided the perfect finish for that day would be to light a fire, a nice roaring fireplace. We'd have our Christmas put in front of the fire. And it was, it was lovely. Unfortunately, it turned out she hadn't actually had the chimney swept for quite a while and true story, she set fire to the chimney and we had to call the fire brigade. <laughs> to be fair, the memory of standing in the snow watching flames coming out of the top of the chimney has definitely stuck in my mind, but possibly not in the way that she'd planned. And frequently people are ill, aren't they? Many of you will still have young children. My husband and I were totting up. We think there were six consecutive Christmases where one of our children was ill. And we had to sort of jolly on on no sleep and try and push through the occasion. The pinnacle being the year that my in-laws were due. It was Christmas Eve. They were coming for their dinner. And, and in a moment of sort of desperate multitasking, I put the ham on to boil and then took my child to the out of hours doctor thinking it would work out fine but the out of hours doctor was what the out of hours doctor always is on Christmas Eve and that ham boiled for over six hours we ate it let's just say it was moist and it's hard sometimes to hold the ideals we have in our mind alongside the reality we find ourselves in I wonder if like me you've felt a particular dissonance this year around the celebration, the traditional fun and festivity and excess, 
whilst also so many difficult things are going on in the world. There was a morning just this last week where my son was opening his advent calendar and, and I, out of one side of my vision, I've got this beautiful moment of him opening his calendar whilst at the same time I can hear on the radio just stories of almost unimaginable pain and tragedy. Those two realities playing out side by side in my kitchen. How do you do this? How do you live a life of what feels like almost ridiculous comfort in comparison to so many who are facing so much that's so difficult? How do you raise your children in times when the future feels really uncertain and aspects even of the present can feel dark? Actually, the stories we've heard tonight, although we've turned them into the sort of twinkly traditional tales, they played out in dark times. Those people had been invaded, they had faced war, they'd lost so much. But perhaps worse than any of that, God had been silent literally for hundreds of years. In the Bible, darkness is a metaphor for the absence of light and hope. And in those times, many people thought that God had forgotten about them, maybe even given up on them, or some just thought he wasn't real. And without God, what we're left with is human self-sufficiency in dark times then, what we have is our own cleverness, our creativity, our compassion to bring light. And, and people can be amazing. Often in tough times, we see the best of humanity and our resilience and tenacity. It raises optimism for the future. Cognitive psychologist Steven Pinker, he's a big believer in this. And he spoke at a philosophy festival, which was actually called How the Light Gets In. And his talk was called The World is Getting Better. The thing is, that was in 2018. I wonder how he feels now. I, I hope he's still full of optimism. But since then, we've seen so many challenges, the pandemic, Natural disasters, war, the limitations and mixed motivations of people in so many circumstances, even in our leadership, the people we may look to in those times, as well as my work in the church and training to be a vicar, I'm a psychologist and I know the truth is the most reliably reproduced patterns in human behaviour are actually the things that tend to end badly. Our Achilles heels, our weaknesses, our tendency to, to form groups, to fight with one another, to make ourselves powerful at the mercy of other people. And if we're honest, even personally, we know we're capable of good, but we're also frail, we're flawed, we fail. Vigo Mortensen, who played Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings movies, in his reflections about that epic story, he said this. He said, the most enlightened beings in Middle-earth are conscious of the ubiquity of good and evil in their neighbours, 
strangers, adversaries, and most importantly, themselves. We are not perfect. And perhaps sometimes we are uncomfortably aware of that and just how close to our limits we are. I know I've had moments like that as a mom juggling work with all the different challenges. I wonder, maybe that's how you're feeling right now. And in those moments, we tend to retreat to our inner circle, our loved ones, to focus on the things closest to us. But what happens then to the vulnerable, to those no one is looking out for, the people who fall off the end of that? And what if something dark or difficult hits you or it's someone you love the most? Illness without hope for treatment, loss, tragedy... These are the stories that we hear and have to hold. Sometimes human light feels feeble, vulnerable, too easily snuffed out like one of these candles by the weight of darkness that we sometimes feel. But the Christmas story reminds us that when we reach the end of ourselves, it isn't the end. Ancient prophecies had promised that God would reveal himself to the world. A king would come from Bethlehem in power to save his people. But this was perhaps the most unexpected reveal. There was no king or power or glory in the way that humans would have expected it. Just this baby. You know, darkness is brash, it's loud, it's violent, it grabs our attention. Light is gentle. It often starts small. God became one of us, was willing to shrink all that power to live within the limits of what it is to be human. Why? To bring about a rescue plan for the world. This limitless divine love and light came to this limited world, a light that no darkness can ever overcome. So we heard in our last reading that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. She often pondered, what did they mean? This is a good moment for us to do that. What does this mean to us tonight in Brighton, 2023, thinking about our next week and the coming festive season. Whatever your personal faith, I think this story reminds us of the power of light. Maybe you have been hit by hard things this year. Maybe that dark feels all too personal. Or maybe like me, you've just been caught in moments almost breathless with the horror of things that you are hearing or reading going around on in the world. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed by darkness, to feel powerless to do anything that can make a difference. Remember this Christmas, light starts small. Even a tiny light defeats the darkness. Look at the little ones in the room now. Every child clutching a nightlight knows this truth. In our small actions, we can become a chain of light 
that can bring hope to the world. But to do that, we often need to be deliberate, even defiant, to overcome our instincts that might draw us to retreat in when actually we need to reach out to those who are in need. This is very much part of our vision as a church, to create spaces of connection and light where people can come. Things like the food bank in Hollingdean, which Tom will tell you about before we finish tonight. There's a play cafe here that meets weekdays in, weekday mornings in term time. Youth drop-in spaces in this building in local schools. But perhaps this is also a moment to consider a light that's even bigger, brighter, braver and beyond humanity. To consider a God who is real, but so easily overlooked. So in the moments you might despair or look on the world's state and wonder, know this, God still has not given up on his world. And when your limitations or your actions or your errors leave you tempted to give up on yourself, remember God has not given up on you. If you feel forgotten, know that you're seen. When you reach the end of yourself, know that is not the end. On behalf of him and the others who had been friends and followers of Jesus, John, who wrote that opening reading that Katie delivered at the start this evening, he says to us, we have seen his glory. John had a personal experience of something real, of God revealed, a light that changed his life. In a minute, the band are going to sing for us to to perform a, a beautiful song and offer us some more space to reflect. But just before we move on, why don't we just pause? You might want to close your eyes if, or not, if it, whatever feels more comfortable. Just rest in this moment, the beauty and the tranquility of this space. Maybe you want to take a, a deep breath and just remember, thinking of your to-do list, it's okay not to achieve everything. Christmas doesn't have to be perfect to be precious. What matters most are those moments of light and laughter with the people that you love. But maybe you also want to join me in reaching out to something beyond yourself. I'm going to say a quick prayer. You might want to to echo the words in your mind as I'm speaking them. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to us as a light that cannot be overcome. In my moments of overwhelm or trouble or challenge, help me to know I am not alone. Help me to find courage from you that sustains me and those I love. Lord, may you bring hope to the world peace where there is war, relief where there is pain, joy where there is sadness. And help us who live by your light to shine as lights in your world. Amen.